right. <laughs> ah, shit. I gotta... Could you see that? Fuck. It was a, it's a branded cup. Fuck. I had my other one that's not branded. I guess the people that don't see the video, I'm, if I post the video, I'll probably post the video at some point, but I had a branded cup. I had to take a sip of the cup off camera, so... And then I don't know if a lot of people see me looking looking right over here. Even though it's technically... Well, no, it's right. It's left. It's your left, my right. I don't know. I have the... Stuff's flipped. It's whatever. It's cool. But uh, how's everybody doing? Hoping you're doing good. Hoping you've been having a good week. I've been having a good week. Or good start of the week, I guess, because week hasn't even happened yet. Uh, I have had a whirlwind. Really, is what happened. I had a whirlwind this afternoon. <laughs> it was. Uh, what, what, what is this? Why? 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 And whatever. Anyways, I had a whirlwind, and this was the whirlwind. The whirlwind was that I started out. I started out this afternoon and this podcast for instance, but not this podcast, but thinking about going into this podcast, I started out with an assumption about a movie that's coming up um, that looked interesting, sounded kind of weird, but looked interesting, sounded interesting, whatever. Uh, it is the weird Ali Yankovic, the weird Ali Yankovic biopic, right? Hearing about this, right? You know, initially being like, okay, cool. Love Weird Al, all about it right um you know all about all about it let's go let's see let's do it up but trepidatious as always because you know it's hollywood they know how to fuck stuff up a lot of the time so of course but uh then you know more details more details come out and i don't remember if they initially like uh if i initially heard about it with daniel radcliffe associated or not i don't remember but then hearing about okay daniel radcliffe's gonna play weird owl and then you're like okay that's a little weird, right? I was like, I I mean, okay, he wouldn't have been my first pick. Not even close, right? Uh, I mean, great actor, amazing actor, right? Like, love him. I've loved him in a lot of his, like, side work and stuff that he's done after Harry Potter, of course. Um, you know, the one where he was dead. Don't remember what that movie was called. The one where he has the gun, guns akimbo, guns attached to his hands. Great. I love the... Well, the the one, the horror one with the lady in the black or whatever. I don't, again, don't remember what that movie's called, but that was also great. Didn't like the second one of that movie, of that set. Don't remember if he was in the second one. I think he was in the first. And this is just weird. I see it on the, whatever. Anyways, uh, <laughs> so I hear about all that stuff, right? And I'm like, I don't know. I, I don't know. It's just, it's just like I was talking about last week with the Mario shit with like, I think it was last week or maybe it was the week before, I don't remember. But it was like I was talking about uh, previously um, about the Mario movie and how, okay, you have all these like star-studded actor, whatever, okay, here, you know, here, Jack Black is Browser or Bowser, whatever, okay, cool. Uh, but like, do we really need to do that? <laughs> you know, like, do we really need to do that? And like, you know, but, you know, Hollywood going to Hollywood, so whatever. But so you hear about all this stuff, and I hear about all this stuff in relation to this weird Ali Yankovic movie. Um, and I just, I'm like, mm, I don't know about it. I don't know. And then the trailer came out, I think, like a month or two ago or like a month ago or a couple weeks ago recently, right? Came out, saw it, and was like, mm, like, 
the I liked a lot of the commotion in the trailer. Seemed like, but I really did not like how he looked as Weird Al. And I was, I felt even more so. And again, this is, the, and this is going to be a lesson right here in what first impressions when you don't know shit about the thing do to you. Okay, right? Is initially first time saw the trailer. And that is as much as I've explained to you so far is as much as I know. First time seeing the trailer, right? Um, and you know, see Daniel. Don't think, don't think he looks great. Like looks fine. Like plays a part, the part in a sense, but looks like a uh, like a like a Vegas kind of like sideshow version of Weird Al. Like like looks like him, but like doesn't, and not in a good way. Um, and I'm really not trying to be hard on it because, okay, right? And so that's, you know, my initial impression. Kind of how I felt about Elvis, except Elvis was so, he looked so different that it kind of caught me off guard, but whatever. Um, you know, okay, so that was my first impression, right? It was like, ooh, I don't know about this movie. We'll still check it out. We'll still see it. Love Daniel Radcliffe. Maybe there's something more here, right? Or something, right? Then, Whirlwind, this, this, this afternoon, right? Come here literally right before the podcast was like okay let's pull up some fucking articles on the shit look it up like just look it up read some stuff about it which i typically kind of do don't do whatever uh and start reading some stuff on this weird owl movie find out that it is a, like a biopic kind of but not really it is but it's also like a mockumentary of weird owl it's making fun of his lifestyle kind of assuming a lot of things about his lifestyle and kind of making fun of the whole biopic genre. So it's almost like a spoof, like parody of a biopic, right? That interested me right off the bat. I was like, okay, so maybe him looking kind of off is the whole deal of it, right? And then I read on more, I discover more, you, you, you know, you look more and find out that I guess the guy that directed like a skit from like, I think 2012 or something. Like, what is it? Let's go to the YouTube. It's a funnier die sketch. Oh, 2013 is when it was posted. June 25th, 2013. I don't know if this was posted beforehand, but that's what YouTube says on the funny, funnier die YouTube, June 25th, 2013. Um, and so there was the weird, Al, the weird, weird, the Al Yankovic story. And it's, basically like a spoof that they did where Aaron Paul uh fucking played um weird Ali Yankovic and it's like look oh serious take on his life and him being a crazy drug addict but even though like he wasn't like he's lived a clean lifestyle and everything like that and so uh, you know he's like a it's like a it's like a spoof of the whole entire, like, we're going to tell a story about a famous person thing, right? And I guess it all started with this funnier Die video, and this guy that originally directed this funnier Die video, I guess, or directed it and wrote it, I'm not sure, probably, you know, combination, is also the director and writer of this new movie with Weird Al. So Weird Al is helping him, like, helping him uh, write it, and I'm guessing, you know, uh, taking, like, taking it, like, you know, participating and making fun of himself which is such an interesting and i love it when like famous people do that when they actually like participate in making fun of themselves because it's like okay good you have like a sense of humor about the whole entire goddamn thing because it's kind of ridiculous in in the grand scheme of things right and so learning about all of this i'm like a billion times more interested in this movie like i was about i was really about to just like write this movie off wholesale right um we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna scoot this um, I was about to write this movie off wholesale, right? 
completely, you know, just write the whole entire thing off, right? And then you start reading about all of this stuff, and it's just interesting, like, what's happening. And now, now I'm really excited to see Daniel Radcliffe in it, because I think now he's, I could see kind of what they're, it made a lot more sense in my head now. Uh, that it's kind of like a funny take on it. That's a spoof. And then especially if you go watch the Funnier Die video with Aaron Paul in it, like you really get it. Like you really kind of get where they're going, what they're going for. Uh, and it's very, it's hilarious. It was a hilarious video. I'm now way more psyched about this movie. Again, initially, and this is what, this is, I guess, what happens when uh, your perceptions get the best of you. But like initially, again, I was, because I'm, you know, I wouldn't say like I'm a big Weird Al fan, but I'm like, like pretty like i like weird Al a lot and i've listened to a decent amount of his stuff you know uh, i had a friend when i was growing up in i think middle school that i used to go uh play pokemon with at his house all the time and he listened to a lot of weird Al. And he was the one that kind of turned me on to a lot more of weird Al because i think i had heard like a little bit like you heard you know weird Al just because his osmosis in the pop culture, you know, uh, whole sphere and everything. But I think I really started getting into it because I would go over and hang out this, uh, friend's house and he would just like play the albums. And I think it was cause his, his parents were fans, big fans. And so they were like, okay, this is kind of like semi G rated funny versions, but it's actually like quality funny versions of these songs that you can listen to. Cause I think he was also kind of a, the family was partially, you know, kind of religious. So they were trying to be like, you know, kind of like reasonable about things. And it was kind of a good, I was like, well, Weird Al is definitely the best introduction way to do that. But I just remember him and his family kind of turning me onto him originally when I was younger. And so I've been a fan of him since forever. And so I think that's why I was so like initially thrown off by it. I was like, I was like, you can't, you can't get me doing that, the Weird Al. But now learning more about it and being like, oh, okay, so this is a part, this is the whole, this is a part of it. Like this, it's probably going to have a little bit of this kind of like sketchiness. Cause like the funny thing is, is like when you watch the funnier dive video, uh, even though, you know, it's like Aaron Paul with the goddamn wig, which he looks about just as bad as like Daniel Radcliffe does in it, just because that haircut is a very intense haircut and kind of only really works on Weird Al, really. Uh, I mean, not exactly, but I mean, his hair is very, very curly. And he's utilized it in a lot of different ways, I think, throughout his career to kind of like work with his whole persona. But uh, yeah, so that is a story in don't, I guess, believe what you initially thought. Read book by its cover, whatever the fuck the thing is. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, it's definitely one of those things. Uh, definitely. But um, another one of the things I wanted to talk about which I had seen this weekend and I guess I've gone through different kind of like levels of thought with, uh, is I have, uh, I went on mother's day to go see the new doctor strange in, uh, in the multiverse of madness. Um, and I liked it. I actually liked it about as much as the first movie. The only thing that disappointed me. And I guess, I guess at this point just assumes spoilers for this, I guess, uh, I guess. Um, and I'm doing, I guess, a courtesy even saying that because normally I would just dive straight in. But so, you know, Multiverse Madness, the only thing that disappointed me about it is that I didn't feel like the overall, the the plot initially kind of starts off very interesting in a sense. But um, ultimately, I didn't think it was quite as clever as the original one because um, the original one kind of starts out kind of generic. And then becomes very clever with how he 
defeats the original the bad guy in the first movie uh love that it's best love that stuff didn't feel that as much at least specifically talking about the ending but even in general in this movie there was bits and pieces of it but i did kind of like where they went with it it was definitely more of a sequel doctor strange movie so it went bigger it went badder went more intense it was trying to do a lot of things you know, carry, I think, a lot of weight on it, um, which you could feel. And I liked the movie a lot when I originally went. The other comment that I had about it, very, like initially, basically throughout the whole entire movie, but like right after I watched it, was it was very macabre, like very dark, kind of, and gave me, I don't know how else to explain it, except for like Halloween vibes. It gave me Halloween vibes. <laughs> And like, to me, even though Halloween is seemingly a place where movies go to die or hopefully very cheap movies make tons of money. Uh, but to me, just like the vibe of it, like it, it very much in a lot of different ways leaned into the Doctor Strange aspect of him and his character, while also kind of weirdly. And this is after I kind of came to this uh, after I talked to a coworker today, uh, you know, days after I'd seen the movie. Um, or day after I'd seen the movie, he didn't really like it as much as the first movie. And he thought it was kind of generic. And I didn't really even understand that until I kind of started consider considering a lot of the plot uh, and a lot of kind of what they did, especially with the uh, uh, America Chavez character who can kind of like, you know, jump multiverses with her power, um, but that she can't control. Uh, he was like, I didn't really like the whole like child MacGuffin thing. And I was like, oh, I didn't even really think about that and her as that. But I guess it is kind of that trope of child MacGuffin. And then, and then, it, and then again, the ending was kind of lame in a sense of how he just encouraged her to use her power than she did. I mean, in a way, it was nice. But in another way, especially with kind of how we were introduced to the whole situation at the beginning of the movie, which I thought was very interesting. And the movie's very intense. Like there are a lot of deaths and a lot of, not a lot of deaths, I guess, but there's, there's some deaths in this movie that are just like, holy shit. Um, you know, some of them from obviously the Scarlet Witch, who is the bad guy in this movie, if you're not aware. Uh, initially, I guess you wouldn't know that, but, uh, whatever. Again, already warned you about the spoilers here. Uh, and a, I asked my mom, because I did not see WandaVision, but I asked my mom, who I'd gone with, if this kind of paid off the whole uh, WandaVision, like, arc, and she thought it did. But I, I really wonder what everybody else is going to say, because to me, it did kind of feel mm, generic in a way. But I, my problem with just reducing this movie down to oh it's just a generic superhero movie is it did so many like weird interesting things with like the visuals and like where it took us and like the characters that it showed us and the concepts that it was dealing with uh like one of my favorites being like the fact that in a couple of the different multiverses he went into they were like no no, no dr strange you are as bad as the scarlet witch like you are a very powerful person who a lot of your different versions decided to use that power for evil and fuck shit up and we had to like kill them and you're like oh that's crazy um that was cool and like him having to meet versions of himself that were that that was cool um i loved a lot of the sam raiminess of this of this movie i uh, the coworker I was talking to didn't. He didn't like the Sam Raimi-ness of the movie. He didn't like a lot of the... It was kind of cheesy for him in a way that he didn't quite like. But I thought the cheesiness wasn't nearly as bad only so much as in because 
because Doctor Strange is so weird and because they're dealing with the multiverse and kind of doing a lot of different things uh, with it that, um, you know, you can kind of the kitsch and the kind of cheesiness kind of you can kind of like lace you can kind of like layer it in there and it kind of makes sense at least to me a lot of the time in things that are a little bit more odd i think for instance a perfect example of this is like doctor who where it can be a little goofy and wacky uh and that kind of works because you're in such a ridiculous situation that you can be super serious and then come back and do the you know the goofy wacky and it kind of works both ways so that didn't really catch me off guard as much um but yes there are parts of it that were kind of like okay uh and you know very you know you could say large plot holes to a certain degree where you're like why didn't she just do xyz but like for me a lot of those criticisms of a movie like this are criticisms that you can lay basically at the feet of like all of these marvel movies and in my opinion aren't the interesting aspects because that's basically a criticism you can lay at the feet of like most hero slash any kind of yeah any kind of hero myth dating all the way back you know we can find all of these similar tropes about like well why did the bad guy let the good guy get away with it or what you know like why didn't they just kill him when they had the chance and you're like well plot <laughs> like we need a reason tension maybe going back and forth we need the movie to be long uh but that's one thing i also liked about this movie is it wasn't long um what is it let me see let me look at this does it say it anywhere close to where i could read oh here we go yeah barely two hours love that love that about this movie want more movies like that uh again uh people have talked to have said that it felt long i didn't think it felt long i thought the third spider-man felt long and a couple of the people i've talked to thought the third spider-man was better than this movie and i disagree uh, mainly because the third Spider-Man, I think everybody's giving the third Spider-Man props because of the nostalgia factor. And while the nostalgia factor was cool, in my opinion, it was underutilized. And the particularly the main unutilized aspect of the third Spider-Man movie, which, okay, since we're going spoiler, we're, okay, there's spoilers for fucking third Spider-Man movie too. The major, major underutilized aspect of that movie was Green Goblin. Like, you cannot... You cannot tell me. Now, again, how do you add more Green Goblin to that movie? I have no idea because that movie was already way the fuck too long. But like, that's what you did. And the movie could have used a lot more. Like you could have just had him come into the movie like right at the beginning, I guess. I don't know because we need, I wanted more Defoe. I wanted more of the Green Goblin. I wanted him to actually return as a full-fledged villain. Whereas like now he's like not. It's just, it's it's aggravating. Um, You know, and so to say that that ending isn't generic but then this ending it you know it just i don't you know i don't know i think a lot of people are giving the third spider-man more credit than it deserves because the third spider-man is definitely not better than the second one and i would argue it's not better than the first one either um because like the way that they portrayed mysterio in my opinion next to the willem dafoe green goblin or and you can also argue uh the octavius from the sam raimis i forgot what that actor's name is but uh the octavia the you know dr octavius doc ock from those movies are it was also awesome it is a tie for second place 
but like Mysterio, like Mysterio is one of my favorite Spider-Man villains of all time. And they 100% did him justice. I couldn't even believe how much justice. They surprised me with the justice that they did that character, which is nonsense to say, because usually it seems like Hollywood trashes this stuff. Like they usually like do about what you'd think, if not worse. <laughs> and that's, you know, actually they do worse and hopefully do about what you think, but whatever. But anyways, I like Doctor Strange a lot. I liked a lot of the stuff that it did. Was it a little generic? Yes. I think it was that because it was trying to carry a lot of things on its shoulder. Because again, I think beyond like what Thor, what else, what other, do we have other Marvel movies coming out this year? I don't know. I'm not, I've kind of dipped out. I dip in and dip out. I am not caught up on a lot of the shows, not caught up on a lot of the stuff. A lot of the cool multiverse stuff that they do in this movie, I, in my opinion, or not in my opinion, I hope what it leads to is more interesting, odd stories, not just that we're going to have the what if thing, but we're going to actually just be like, fuck it and give people like, okay, you have this Spider-Man, we're going to give somebody else Spider-Man, not Spider-Man might be a bad example because of the whole Sony thing, but like Doctor Strange or any of these characters, right? We're going to give this to somebody else for a movie and have them maybe even, and this would be really crazy, right? Now that we've started to get through a complete cycle of most of these heroes getting their own movies and stuff, is it would be very interesting if they let like an auteur take one of these characters, make a movie with a specific version of these characters for that movie that was not in the comics, mainly coming from that person. See, that would be a crazy, very, very interesting, cool way Indirect. I don't do I think that they're gonna even get anywhere close to that probably not but like would that be a cool pl place they could go with this whole multiverse thing and opening it up the way they did it they could do it um there was a lot of cool cameos and interesting stuff uh in this movie that I appreciated uh and uh yeah it was good I liked I liked it about uh, still even though I will acknowledge that it is, in a sense, a little bit more generic than the... Well, it is and it isn't. It is in some ways more generic than the first movie, but the first movie is also an origin story, so it is the most generic, except for the ending. So, like, in my opinion, both movies kind of cancel each other out with their genericness, and it's all interesting, cool Doctor Strange shit, in my opinion. And this movie, in my opinion, had more of that weird shit in it, which is what I want. I want more weird stuff. Give me more of the Guardians Galaxy weird. Give me more of the Thor Ragnarok weird. Give me more of the Doctor Strange weird. Give me even more Spider-Man weird, because that's some. there's some weird stuff that happens in those. Give me weird. I want the weird. Um, So that's the movies that I wanted to talk about. I don't think we really have anything else on the docket when it comes to that. We could dump it, jump into tech today. It was a crazy day for me, at least, watching tech, because I saw a couple graphics cards that I've been eyeballing dip to crazy prices. We got, like, I think uh, a 12 gig 3080 being sold for near a 10 gig 3080 MSRP. We're talking about a card that at one time was sold for $1,200 and is now being sold, sold close for, close, let me read, let me redo that whole entire sentence. This card, this card, was being sold for $1,200 originally, right? Now it is being sold for around 800, 850. Now the version that I saw on sale wasn't necessarily the best version, but if this speaks anything of where the direction for the prices are going, this is crazy. This is amazing. This is great. Um, I'm all about it. I'm here to wait. I'm here to 
uh, reverse scalp, anti-scalp. I don't know. Uh, get get some deals. I'm here to get some deals. We've been waiting in the waiting in the side realm um, forever. Uh, and, you know, it's interesting to see what's happening. That, on top of the fact that, you know, we're starting to see things happening. We're starting to see things coming out. One of the things that we're starting to see come out, because of major discussions on the internet, with a lot of people like you, I imagine, that we're talking about. Okay, why is there a graphics card shortage? Well, obviously, there's a graphics card shortage, because there's a silicon shortage, because there's a supply chain, you know, you know, fuck up. There's all this shenanigans happening in the sector, causing delays, causing problems, the whole nine, right? And people trying to point the finger at all these different things, right? But we know that there is a major tick up, major tick up in crypto, especially after COVID, but even during COVID and the whole entire thing, mainly because people were like, oh, the whole system's going down. It's all crumpling. Faith in the old systems and institutions is out of here. So people were like, I want to put my shit in new money, right? blows blows the roof tons of people get into it that hadn't gotten into it before probably is a fail safe for whatever jobs they thought they might be losing or whatever the fuck was going to happen right um and seeing the crypto boom happen and then seeing all the gpu prices increase with the boom and a lot of people at least in the tech community being like it's not because of crypto dude and you're like but it is now crypto isn't the only element and we can argue on if it is a bigger element or not. I'll give you that. But it was an element and there were people saying it wasn't, which is ridiculous. One, but two, I think it's the biggest element now right behind it. Yes, is the demand for PCs work from home, blah, 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 all that stuff, which we are starting to see cool, I think now, even though there are companies which we will talk about that are saying differently. Now, of course, I don't have the numbers, so that you probably trust them as opposed to me. But this is just me kind of seeing what people are talking about on forums and, you know, on Reddit and YouTube comments and streaming and talking to real people in the real world and just seeing how the information is flowing and what people are talking about. Um, you could obviously see a direct correlation between crypto going up and GPU prices going up. It was influencing the price, no doubt, and influencing a lot of probably the scalping on a lot of the different, like a lot of the different stuff that was going down these last several years when it came to the GPU market. Well, more now in a sense, official confirmation that this shit was going down. And this is a, was conspiracy theory of conspiracy theory, right? Now, this isn't necessarily conspiracy theory of conspiracy theory, but it is. They weren't hiding it from us necessarily, not that any of us would be able to figure it out, but they were hiding it from their, you know, um, investors. NVIDIA was fined, now this is a drop in the bucket, of course, but NVIDIA was fined 5.5 million for allegedly hiding crypto impact on GPU sales. Like, they were hiding this information from their investors, right? Now, they were hiding their information from these investors, I'd imagine, because either that information is public or imagine they were afraid that investors could you know reveal that information or i don't exactly know but they probably didn't want to tell anybody because then that information would get out into the market and then people would know okay all of this is because they are because they had a device that literally as covid hit and as crypto hit even harder this time more than more so than it did the last big you know uptick that it had um changed a product that was a niche product in a niche market into this like massive money maker overnight because people were buying like you know five ten hundred you know tens hundreds of them to run these massive farms to make money mining 
all kinds of coins, all your alts, all your main ones, whatever, you know, the whole nine yards, getting into the whole crypto thing, which, you know, I guess I'm like, even either or on don't care about it. I want to get into it in a money making way. But beyond that, like all of the philosophical, theoretical, whatever the hootsie stuff that's around it, all that stuff could care less about um to me it just seems like another thing like uh, just another thing that we fucking made up like fiat currency but whatever i mean i guess there's an argument to be made but <laughs> it's just another fucking thing we made up but whatever um it's interesting to see that nvidia is being hit back for this not like a oh yeah you know we're you know all oh, fucking nvidia blah 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 but it's crazy to think that as a company they weren't even informing like their investors or people that were actually like putting money on the line which means they definitely were trying to hide it or at least obfuscate it from the public which means that a lot of the scarcity problems were probably created on purpose or at least not helped by the situation um and that's kind of crazy because in a in a industry like customer service stance in that standard there's people that have been waiting like what a year almost two years to get a card that they were supposedly waiting in line for from certain companies but you know couldn't be delivered because the main company that was doing this uh that was supplying the main you know gpu design i'm guessing the chips and everything because i don't know much about the aib market but I'm guess I don't know if do they I know they change the boards and they modify the boards and modify power limits and do stuff like that but do they actually well actually some of them I guess do I guess they probably make their own boards but if, but they're not designing the whole entire thing Nvidia's designing it doing the R&D doing all that stuff which is probably where a lot of the money is at anyways and it's just crazy that a company like that is um now going to wreck a market that would be the market that would support them say if crypto crashes or say if something like crypto goes not even goes because people are talking about like proof of stake right okay yeah maybe it goes proof of stake right ETH ethereum goes proof of stake a lot of cryptos follow because maybe it's a better system whatever i don't even talk about that i'm talking about a system that doesn't use any kind of computer to mine at all like if we're talking about decentralized currency and that's kind of what bitcoin is inspiring there's gonna be new versions of something in this realm that is going to come along and sweep all of these motherfuckers off their feet and actually do it in a way that might be what these people are talking about this crypto or these cryptos that are around us now are trying to do. You know, we never know. It's tech. It's constantly moving, constantly evolving. Um, and so who knows ultimately, but it's just interesting to see this happen and to see the fact that they were selling, that they were keeping this from investors because that's a, that's a crazy thing. But I mean, it's, you know, when you talk about the crypto market, it's very volatile. That's why it's crazy that I've, you know, you see so many big industries kind of trying to get into it, but I think you see them kind of trying to get into the pseudo Ponzi scheme of the whole entire thing. Cause a lot of it is that uh, a lot of it isn't, but a lot of it is like, a lot of it is just like people store value kind of shit. Right. Um, so that is a very interesting kind of situation that's going down. And just to see kind of like a little bit of confirmation for it, that even a video was concerned about the look. So that means that GPU sales were really actually being heavily infected by mining, crypto mining. And like, this wasn't just like a thing that people were like imagining. And this, again, this part of it, like NVIDIA keeping this information from people was the conspiracy theory that I saw people talking about on forums where people were literally saying you're being a conspiracy theory about like, you can't tell me that they're literally just selling the shit to like miners on a wholesale. And you're like, it might 
look like that's what's happening. I mean, we don't know specifics, but it might look like, you know, shit like that. Who knows? Like, th that's the crazy thing about this. You know, like, it's just an interesting situation uh, on the whole. But uh, there's also more rumor, rumor, not rumor. Well, I guess that wasn't a rumor, but there's rumors because we got the new graphics cards right on the horizon. We already know 40 series going to fucking blow your house up, going to have so much electricity. It's going to just blow the transformers on your whole neighborhood up. You're going to need a whole entire big. I'm kidding. This is all jokes, but you're going to need a whole another computer to power your computer or just the GPU on your computer because, you know, we need that ray tracing. We, need, we really need them reflections. We really need to see and the global illumination. I forgot about that. Forgot <laughs> forgot about that one. That's an important one. But okay, so we got stuff swirling, a lot of stuff people don't know. We've also heard rumors that who knows, maybe because they're doing it on, t you know, uh, NVIDIA's doing the 40 series on uh, TSMC's new, one of their new processes. I think I said it was the four, but that's not, it's like the five or I don't know. It's, it's a number. It's N and a number, even though I've heard, I've been told by people that none of that matters and none of it's literally a name that they came up with and it doesn't correlate necessarily to any specific measurement of anything. Um, just like all of these other fucking numbers and letters that these companies come up with. Speaking of our DNA three is another one of those by AMD. And it seems like people are talking about the fact that these graphics cards aren't going to be quite as powerful as they seem. Now, I haven't been around or I've been around, but I haven't been watching this industry long enough to know if this is just if this has been a regular thing with AMD's like if reporting on AMD at least because I could imagine in the past people trying to kind of paint AMD as the underdog that is finally going to take you know, root, which is definitely what people were doing with the previous, you know, G or like the 5000 series GP or CPUs with AMD, but those CPUs actually ended up being better than the Intel equivalents at the time. And even the next generation Intel's after that, it took Intel two generations to basically catch up. Uh, and that's just basically catch up and slightly absorb them, which is kind of crazy at still double the, you know, power cost, but whatever. But you know, we're looking at AMD kind of trying to go at it within the GPU space, and supposedly their GPUs might not necessarily be quite as powerful. There's people don't know, but it seems like they're both trying to break that uh, that hundred T flop like barrier when it comes to graphics card. It'd be the first company to do it, first company to sell a, I guess, a consumer product that broke that. Um, and so it's interesting that. You know, this is kind of breaking down the way that it is uh, in that it might not, you know, AMD might not blow out the whole entire situation as big as people thought. It's the same thing that I think there was similar news that people were kind of reporting on when it came to uh, uh, Intel uh, and whatnot. It was kind of, uh, you know, uh, one of those things that they, people were kind of reporting on uh, for the most part. Uh, I guess I could do that, huh? Yeah. Um, if I um, but, uh, yeah, you know, people were reporting on Intel, uh, and their graphics cards and being like, oh, hey, you know, Intel's coming out with these graphics cards, uh, you know, um, they're going to blow the fucking rocks off the, you know, the fucking socks off, roll, you know, blow the fucking scene up, take everybody out, right? You're going to fucking kill it, right? Take AMD, take 
Nvidia to town because that's what everybody wants to hear because everybody wants the you know the kind of situation to get shaken up because hopefully that means lower prices for us the consumer the the forgotten element in this equation even though without us there wouldn't be an equation but whatever uh you know um so you have that kind of situation going down you know have that kind of like back and forth situation going down um and so you hear people kind of like throw out numbers and I think sometimes throw out big numbers in an attempt to kind of like drum up, like I said, the underdog support. And I feel like that's kind of what's happening here with AMD. Um, so, but we'll see. And it, again, I welcome it because any competition is good competition and we need lower prices right now because it's fucking ridiculous, but we are getting them. So that is the thing is we are getting the lower prices. Uh, it's just gonna possibly take some more time you know, we'll see how it all kind of rides out and whatnot. But, uh, and this was another thing. This was the thing I kind of mentioned earlier in the show that I didn't quite hundred percent agree with, but we'll see. I feel like a lot of things are cooling back down to previous levels. It seems like of buy, uh, but the Corsair execs expect a surge of new PC builds as GPU prices stabilize. Now they're expecting a whole bunch of people to try to get into the market. Once these GPUs are stabilizing, right? I think the thing that they're not taking into consideration is that a massive part of the market is literally only buying GPUs, I think, because I think like my computer I bought, I bought like a year and a half ago without everything except the GPU. So I don't need anything else that Corsair would sell. Really, I don't need anything else. I've literally only need a GPU in this thing. Now I have a GPU, which is my previous, but so this whole entire idea that you're going to see a surge, maybe, I don't know. I think there's, I, when I read online, I see a lot more people in a situation like me where they had a build that was partial that they kind of got to work, you know, put another graphics card and wanted a bigger graphics card, but couldn't get the one they wanted. So they kind of dealt, they kind of, you know, uh, you know, took what they could, right? Um, and so I think you have a lot of people in that kind of situation. So I wonder how many people are in that kind of situation, how many people actually want to jump in and build the new build now. And then you also have, you're not going to have nearly as many work from home people because the work from people, home, work from home people already bought their shit last year. And you might have some more people doing the work from home thing. And there might be opportunities on a whole business wise to kind of transition into a market that kind of goes after the work from home people. But I still think that that's all even going to kind of, you know, kind of, come back down a little bit because businesses are going to kind of want people to come back in and you know everybody kind of come back into the office buildings and stuff so we'll see we'll see kind of how all these things kind of settle as we're kind of not not getting out of covid because we're not out of covid by a long shot but i guess as we're getting used to it i don't know how else to explain what we're as a country doing but you know it is what it is uh at this at this fucking point <laughs> um and so you know, my idea is that you take out the work from home people, which was a big uptick. You take out a lot of self builders like me who have been sitting on a build that they built that was like the build that's going to carry them for the next 510, right? Um, who else is there to buy it? Because then you're not going to have miners. They're out because everything's dipping right now. And unless you get a good, I mean, you have an un, the un, LHR unlock that just happened. So that's going to bring in some people with a lot of different graphics cards specifically, but again, that's graphics cards, that's mining. I don't know how much that translates to other sales in the other realm of uh, 
the PC market, but uh, you know, this is, this is, but again, this is also Corsair and this is also their execs. They might have like way crazier numbers and analytics, AI shit, whatever the fuck stuff I don't have any access to. And again, I'm not like really watching this. It's just my opinion. It just seems kind of like jump the gunny to me and not something that I would actually like be like, yeah, it seems like good advice. Now, um, supposedly somebody is spotted what looks like an Asus Noctua RTX 3080. Now this seemed to be inevitable, right? 3070 to me seemed like an odd one to release, but I guess if they're going to do this very slow drip feed release situation, that'll be interesting. That'll be interesting, I guess, or I don't know. Uh, these cards look god awful because it's the fucking Noctua design, unless you have a case with that design, which I guess you could if you're this much of a Noctua fan at this point, because that's basically what this is. Uh, though I've heard that the cards are actually like ridiculously good. And I wonder how well a 3081 might do because Asus also with the Tufts, the Asus Tufts, those have been pretty much the best cards this generation according to pretty much everybody the or at least the best value cards if i to say anything because they seem to run quiet seem to run good uh no frills straight to the fucking point you know boom, bing bang boom your graphics card and so seeing aces kind of do this like weird luxury like version is interesting though i do wonder one how much these have sold and if they care because they're selling at a premium so they sell out anyways right and they're kind of special edition -y and whatnot but i also wonder if they do do this release especially with how the market's diving right now and everything if they're going to be able to get away with getting uh up uh, up charging with it as much as they have with the 3070s because the 3070 versions of this were selling for like significantly more than the regular 3070s at the time uh, and so it makes me really wonder what they're going to do with the 3080 version, just because the 3080 prices have been fucking wacky all over the place. And again, I haven't done much research, but if the LHR thing is anything to consider, uh, it might be a shit show, uh, trying to get this card at all. But, um, you know, it's kind of a, it's kind of a we'll see thing. You know, I could see it. Like I said, it seemed like that cooler on the 3070 was ridiculous, kind of beast, kind of overkill, kind of too much. So I could, I could totally see this maybe being more appropriate on a 3080, maybe kind of, you know, handling the situation a little, like, more reasonably. But ultimately, like, you know, it is one of those cards that's just kind of, like, an interesting experiment, uh, but, like, too much money, like, too much upcharge. Like, if Noctua actually got into the AIB game to be competitive, I would consider them. But to me, this still just seems kind of like a vanity kind of project. Like, oh, it's Asus and it's Asus and we're just ooh, ah collab collab you know it, it is it is what it is um and uh beyond that video games the video game world i've been ridiculously addicted to uh kingdom hearts recently that's been my jam ever since the uh trailer for kingdom hearts 4 came out my jam has been uh playing through the kingdom hearts series i am now, um, basically, I beat the first game, almost done with Chain of Memories, re-Chain of Memories, trying to, or just started to, but I'm trying to get through all of these, because I haven't played three yet, uh, 
and just kind of play them all in close succession so I can kind of have the story mostly in my head kind of together and see if that matches all of these fucking crazy lore videos I watch because I start watching these lore videos and I'm like, none of this makes any goddamn sense. And I really want to know if these people aren't just like over analyzing this lore and it's like not that deep dog or something else. Cause it could very much be that kind of situation because people nerd out on the internet too much. But I've been playing a lot of that uh, recently, kind of digging into that. I've been playing a lot, you know, almost done with uh, Kingdom Hearts uh, Rechain of Memories. And I remember uh, initially playing through that game because I think I played the original Chain of Memories, which is the one that was on the Game Boy uh, and then never played Rechain. I don't know if I've ever completely beaten Rechain of Memories, the 3D version, because I did have it on the PlayStation 3 because I did have the 1.5 2.5 collection on the PlayStation 3 uh, and, and 4? Maybe just 3. Because I don't even know. No, did I have it on PlayStation 4? I had it on one of them. We'll just say that. I had it on one of them. Because uh, I think it was on all of them. Had it on one of them. Um, and uh, you know, kind of liked how they, you know, it was kind of seemed partially scraped together, but kind of like how they translated it to 3D, right? But I remember loathing that game on the the Game Boy, like hating that game, hating the card system, not liking the card system, get me out of the card system, I want another fighting system, you know, in my opinion, the best fighting system of the whole entire series is Birth by Sleep, but like, uh, which is bummer because it's in such kind of like a bland game in ways, uh, but, uh, you know, hated, chain like, uh, Chain of Memories, and I think also even hated Chain of Memories just because I remember uh, not playing that game and getting Kingdom Hearts 2 when Kingdom Hearts 2 came out and fucking like playing through Kingdom Hearts 2 and being like, who the hell is this Roxas kid? What is all this shit with Twilight Town? Like, I don't care. Like, who cares? Right. Blah, 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 blah. Um, and so I think ha having that like animosity with the intro of Kingdom Hearts 2 where I was just like, I don't give a fuck about all this stupid shit. I want to play as Sora. Um, <laughs> like, where's Sora? Right. And not a good explanation of like what the fuck happened, you know, just very kind of like thrown in randomly. Um, I think I had a lot of animosity towards uh, Chain of Memories. It, this experience recently has kind of reminded me of like the same feeling I had towards the second Metroid Prime, which now is equal in my mind uh, with the first game, if not better in some ways, harder, darker, kind of crazier. Uh, have a way bigger appreciation of that game now. Whereas I remember when I originally played it after playing Metroid Prime 1, I was like, fuck this game. I hate the ammo system. The dark world's cool, but it's like hard. Like I was over it. Uh, whereas like now, so many years later, like that game is like so gore. Like the, like it was, those games are already gorgeous. Metroid Prime is already gorgeous, but they took that artwork up to the next level. But anyways, I am, you know, getting off on a tangent. Back to... Uh, Kingdom Hearts Chain of Memories. So I had a lot of animosity with that game, right? Didn't like it. Recently have been replaying it. Like I said, almost done with it. And especially playing it right after playing one, I was kind of loathing it initially going into this already because I had that previous resentment, which I'd mostly gotten over because I've kind of, the last couple times I've played Chain of Memories, kind of liked the battle system. It's grown on me, like the whole slights thing, kind of like the whole cards thing. Once you kind of like learn it and set it up and set your deck up right, it's, and it's not hard to do, 
You just have to do it. And once you do it, you're like, oh, this, this is actually kind of fun, kind of interesting way how you can plan every single hit you make, uh, which is not a typical thing that you can do in a sense in most of these kind of hack and slash games. You can like plan when you do it, but you can't plan like what it is and like how it and what it does, um, which is an interesting concept. Um, and so I came into this game with like a little bit of like, oh, I got to get through this game, you know, just to do the story and, you know, so I can play the second game, get through that and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, whatever, get through this game um, and start playing it. And to my surprise, like really fucking enjoying it, like really enjoying it, really liking kind of how all the levels are stripped down, especially in reach and in memories, kind of liking how they uh, uh, applied, took all of the 3D assets from the first game and kind of what they had and applied that to that framework of the GBA game, which was so limited because it was on the GBA. But it's just funny to see that limited framework applied to a larger 3d platform which i would love to see happen in video games more in general because i think there's a lot of cool ways they set up video games and older video games i think we've kind of gotten away from um but anyways another digression uh the way that they've kind of uh done that with that game is interesting and then i was also surprised by the storyline in a lot of the worlds because Again, I just recently beat Kingdom Hearts 1, so I was like, great, we get to like basically redo the storylines. And I was kind of surprised at how different the storylines were, even if like little sw slight tweaks here and there, for the most part, like changed a lot of kind of like my perception of those worlds and the fact that you can do the worlds out of order and you should uh at least from what I'm told on the internet, whatever. But you know, just the fact that you can kind of do that is very interesting. Um and I, I do kind of, I did, I appreciate it a lot more, uh, in this game. Plus, like, man, um, another big thing I've been realizing about this game, replaying it this time, is that it is a very, 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 very sad game. Like, it's very sad. Uh, it's like, it's kind of ridiculous how, like, sad it is because, you know, like, I, you know, Kingdom Hearts for the most part is very like a very cheery, dire in some moments, but it's still very kind of like cheery game for the most part. Uh, and the games and stories in general kind of still very cheery, very, you know, the second one gets a little dark in places, but still, I think very kind of uplifting in a lot of ways. But like, man, did I kind of forget like how depressing like Chain of Memories is. It's almost very much kind of like an allegory for like dementia because they are losing their memories they they go through what i imagine a lot of people do with like people that do lose their memory on the reg uh, a lot of like the self self-doubt and like constant like rumination about like what is what which is like a crazy thing and it's just crazy that they're dealing with it like philosophically like this like little kids game <laughs> basically like this game that came out on the game boy advance originally because i don't even uh, I don't even remember a lot of this when I originally played it. Uh, and it's like a lot of the concepts, like the whole entire thing of like nominee and her kind of plight storyline wise that you don't even really fully realize until Kingdom Hearts 2. But like, and then all of this kind of coming to a head, which is kind of why I was, as I've been playing through Kingdom Hearts Chain of, or Rechain of Memories, I've started like two Kingdom Hearts 2 so that like the intro to Kingdom Hearts 2 can kind of bleed together with like Chain of Memories and kind of like make this interesting like all the stuff is colliding at once experience with both those games also because the intro to 2 is just so fucking long uh that I figured I'd just break it up into smaller 
pieces that I play in between levels, almost like little mini games so that I can kind of like get through it so that by the time I get to two, I'm already Sora. I don't have to deal with the intro. Not that I actually dislike because I actually like the intro of Kingdom Hearts 2 a lot more now because that was another one of those things that I disliked initially about that game way back when that I actually love now. Like that intro is so like uh, it reminds me of like my childhood and being uh, like the sunsets of my childhood, like being outside when the sun is setting, like they captured that like warm feeling in all of Twilight Town, like that whole town and even being called Twilight Town, like the whole concept of it is so like kind of beautiful uh, in a way. And that's that's why it's like one of my favorite like intros, like and it is so weird in like Kingdom Heartsy. It's like an extended Destiny's Island because Destiny's Island after replaying like Kingdom Hearts one. Um, is very short. Like if you don't do anything in Destiny Island, like if you don't sit there and hit the ball back at Waka for like five hours, you get through Destiny Island. Like pfft, it's like you barely even on that goddamn thing. Um, whereas like you're in Twilight City a lot more as an intro, which I can understand why it's a little long. Why people kind of like fuck that shit? Because I, I agree, I agree too. Um, but I just want to, you know, that's I've just been playing those games a lot recently. Um, kind of diving back into that realm just because I'm very interested to see where that series goes. I'm curious to see what they've done in three because I've heard mixed reviews on the ending of three and I'm very curious. I don't even know that might have been one thing I haven't actually spoiled from my, for myself for the most part, but I am very curious to see what they do with three, uh, for the most part. Um, and then another, it's just a little, little, little addendum, a little thing I wanted to talk about. I'm just holding this up. Um, but, uh, little thing I want to talk about that I thought was interesting, but, and I guess they tried to do this before. Supposedly, Sony is trying to, gonna, is going to try to do demos or make demos mandatory for video game companies, right? Now, I get it, you know, and to me, that seems like an interesting thing. And, and to me, as a company that would want this to happen, I would be like, hey, we will give you extra resources from Sony to get your demo done if you just hit us up or something just to make this like a across the system like a system-wide standard of demos which to me sounds really cool as a consumer but when it comes to like you listen to a lot of like game devs they're like well we don't want another goddamn fucking thing that we have to do on top of all the things that we have to do with video games that are already coming out in like piss poor shape that we're already having to like patch 50,000 times because of deadlines and crunch and this and that and the industry is not really dealing with any of these things properly and so it's a shit show right and we don't want to stack another thing on top of these people problems before these people go insane trying to do uh all this shit anyways um, but in my opinion, I think it's like a good direction to go in because I like demos and giving people a way to actually play the game in a sense before they can purchase the game is, I think, a good direction for the game industry to go in because I think this, but and I, it's also the antithesis of what would be the model that is the game industry now, which is pre-orders. And I think a lot of people, I think the game industry has taught a lot of consumers to pre-order and now the consumers will do nothing but pre-order and so the game industry is stuck in this place of pre-order um which i don't understand anymore and i don't pre-order games and it seems like when i go on the internet i see a lot of people say they don't pre-order games but it then seems like there's just this mass amount of people out there that just can't wait want those good dlc deals and see my problem is like Still, all these years, like decade or two, decade and a half that they've been doing these like crazy, ridiculous, stupid pre-order sale things with video games and the way they've ramped it up, right? 
I've still to this day not really ever seen one that's been like that fucking interesting. Like really in the grand scheme of things, like you're just getting like a couple extra items that like would have been cool, but like aren't like the biggest deal. And it is just ultimately like a bummer that it's not in the game, you know, because speaking of like Kingdom Hearts, which I was what I was just speaking of, you know, like it's cool that you can unlock all the secret shit in that game and it's just in the game. You don't have to buy it. There's no DLC. I mean, I guess the third one has DLC, you know, it's corrupted everything. But I'm just kidding. But, you know, uh, there's a lot of dynamics to this because the industry is, I think, set up in a way that's not necessarily conducive to what would be demos. But I do think demos is a good direction for it to go. Good consumer friendly direction for it to go that I think would be like an interesting thing to kind of consider as a company. Uh, And I think if you weren't doing that, it would be a mistake. But at the same time, I think forcing people to kind of do it, I do agree is not necessarily the smartest decision either. Um, and with that not smart decision, we will uh, ado this podcast. Um, my name is Joshua Beho. I go by No Clean and all kinds of other stuff. Possibly, or maybe not. You may, who knows? But yes, you can check my music out. It's No Clean Everywhere or No Clean Music. You can find it. I'm going to be releasing more music on that this month. It's coming. Don't worry, I'll be playing more songs. I've been kind of taking breaks here and there with it. I was going to do month to month, but I'm taking breaks just to kind of get, you know, my head around, get my head on this correctly. But, anyways, if you have questions, concerns, uh, you know, whatever gobbledygook that you want to send me, send that to the nocleanmusic at gmail.com. That's the email for everything right now. I might do a specific bottom fidelity email. I probably should. It might be fucked up because at this point, you know, I don't know, whatever. I probably should. But anyways, go there. That's going to happen. More songs are going to come. We'll see. Branching out. You know, world's a crazy place, everybody. But I hope you have a good week this coming week. And uh, I will see you next week for the Bottom of the Podcast. Have a good one.